welcome to the 42 Six Nation show. I'm Murray Kinsella and I'm here in the 42 newsroom in Dublin. This week we're joined by Leinster and Ireland back Luke Fitzgerald and we're going to reflect on Ireland's defeat in Twickenham, looking at their attack, some of their defensive work and a few of the missed opportunities. So their dominance in the pack, maybe it's eight against seven. There's Toner and Ireland take the line out and then go to the mall but England come pouring through but Rory Best has done a really good job of securing the ball when it looked like they lost control and Ireland are inside the English five meter line and the arm is out again from Romain Poit and the penalty this time will be against Rob Shaw but Ireland will look to take advantage and not go back for that penalty Murray down the narrow side their bodies there are they in Murray has found a way Thanks, man, for joining us. Uh, first of all, obviously you missed out on the Six Nations. Really unfortunate injury just before the tournament began. What stage are you at now? Um, I'm uh, unfortunately back running, so uh, <laughs> doing a lot of fitness at the moment. But um, yeah, things are going really well. Um, it's kind of been a tough uh, four or five weeks uh, training, looking at the lads, obviously um, playing in the Six Nations. I was obviously hoping to be involved, so yeah. um, tough from that perspective. But um, at least things are going well, and there's a lot of rugby left to be played for Leinster as well. So. Um, you know, still a lot of uh, motivation for the rest of the year. Okay, it's it's been frustrating on the outside looking in and and seeing Ireland getting on. Obviously, a draw and, and two defeats so far. They're frustrated on the inside. For you, what are the big things that stand out watching those games at home or in the stands? A little bit differently to usually. Yeah, I suppose you're watching as a supporter, so uh, it's kind of hard not to get um, a bit riled up. I suppose when things aren't yeah. going as as well as you'd like. I mean. Um, off the back of the last few years, we've been really successful. Obviously, haven't won the comp twice, and there was a big opportunity coming into this Six Nations. I know when I was there, it was one of the things we talked about is trying to get you know that that third in a row, which would obviously be a first. So um, yeah, I mean, I look, I suppose there's a couple of things that that haven't gone their way. I think um, obviously in the weekend. Um, a couple of those opportunities at the end of the game, I thought that possibly could have changed the uh, the complexion of things. Um, and then obviously in the Welsh match, I'd say they would have been disappointed with, uh, sorry, the Welsh and the French match, sorry, um, they would have been disappointed probably not to, to do better in the second halves of those games, considering that uh, we believe, I suppose, in, in the Irish camp that we're one of the fitter teams in the competition. So yeah. um, that, I'd say they'd be pretty disappointed with that. And from, from my perspective, I suppose, uh, I was disappointed for the lads that they didn't do better in, in, in that part in the 
first kind of two second yeah. halves of those two games. So um, I think big opportunity now for the boys now in, in two weeks' time to, to get back on the horse, I suppose. Yeah, like mm. one thing probably that stood out, and I think Joe highlighted himself after last weekend was the fact that they haven't put the ball down as well. He had it's two tries in three games. Um, there's been loads of near misses, but mm. do you think that's the big issue, big issue in, in fixing the next couple of weeks is, is getting that ball over the line? Oh, I suppose it's always one of the big things, isn't it? I mean, um, there's only so long I think you can absorb pressure for, and I think mm. if um, you know you're absorbing pressure for a long period of time, and, and then when you go up to the other end of the park and you don't get a score, uh, it can be quite disheartening. I think, and um, I think that probably showed in, in the first two games, and I think in Twickenham as well when we had those opportunities. I suppose the wind the wind went out of our sails a little bit once we we didn't capitalise on those ones. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's really important to, to get those the, the ball dotted down. Yeah, like there's been a lot of talk that Ireland's attack mm. is maybe a little bit narrower one-dimensional, a lot of one-out rugby, probably reflecting what they do in the, in the 22 more. Um, but we saw quite a bit of width, especially in the first half against the English. Were you encouraged by that, or do you think it was a, a little bit shift tactically, maybe? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was at the game, and, and I haven't really looked back on it too much, but the bit I saw, that was definitely my impression as well. Uh, I'm not sure if it was a, a change tactically, or they just saw opportunities. I mean, there's always license in in Joe's game plan to, to play what you see and, and obviously they saw a couple of opportunities there and, and tried to take advantage of it. Um, I think it's actually a great place, one of the best places on the pitch to attack so um, I think it's, you know, if you can execute well there you can really get uh, good results and uh, I mean they did some good and they did probably some that they probably will be looking to work on I think um, going into the next uh, the last two games. Like for players mm. when, when you maybe are shifting a game plan between a couple of weeks I'd say against France the conditions weren't ideal for running rugby mm. then you come into Twickenham and you want to go to a, a kind of wide shape or moving the ball a lot mm. is it difficult to switch between those two mindsets and actually get those skills bang on the passing execution all those things bang on I don't know I suppose a, a lot of what Joe Schmidt does is uh, is very technical so you're always working on those things anyway so okay. I don't think the guys would, would, would believe that they hadn't done enough and um, you know um, to execute those things well in training, definitely. Anyway, and I think it probably comes down to mindset and confidence on the day to execute mm -hmm. in what is a probably a, you know it's a pressure situation attacking from kind of in, inside your 22 because obviously you know any mistake there is, is really really costly. But yeah. the thing is, it's kind of risk reward. I think um, you know they have to respect. I suppose one of, one of the big strong parts of our game uh, over the last two years has been how strong we've been in the air. Mm -hmm. So I think. They, you know, what happens is teams end up having to put three or four back there to try and defend that. Okay. Um, so what happens is then they obviously it's a great opportunity if you can get a good quick rook, um, you know, in this part of the pitch to play because they have guys back. So even if they defend soft, you know, uh, and end up catching you here, you know, the fullback might get drawn up and you can kick over his head or kick down the line. So all these kind of things open up, okay. and plus you might get to a point where you actually probably would have kicked out anyway. But and, and probably you know if you can, you know, uh, maintain the ball here. You get, you, kick, you get to keep the ball where you probably would have been kicking it out to touch for them to have a line it. So yeah. that's probably the thinking on that. And I think uh, I thought they did some of it very well. <clears throat> like you mentioned, drawing up that fullback, that's probably something that the more casual viewer doesn't really realise. So <clears throat> let's say I'm trying to go wide and they don't make a bust. Yeah. People are going, oh, why'd they do that? Yeah. But I guess you guys in the pitch are thinking a lot more beyond just the phase of play that you're currently involved in. Would that be true? It can be at times, yeah. I mean, I suppose uh, one of the big things is to execute the bit you're doing. Um, you know, at the start, really, really well, and to focus on that bit. I mean, I think there's probably a couple of guys who are probably thinking a couple of phases ahead, yeah. like your nine and your ten, in terms of setting up play. So when I was saying, you know, when they're in the 22 and that first rook has to be quick, if that first rook isn't quick, you probably have to kick it then because okay. they'll be in too good a position to probably get a bit of line speed on. It's too hard to execute then yeah. in that part of the pitch, and you probably have to kick it. But if the guys in here focus on that job really well, get the ball back there, then there's a big opportunity because, you know, if you can make that rook a little bit longer with the rooking. 
their guys from the from the far side can't really get around in time to help out here, so they okay. end up short and they have to go a little bit softer here. Yeah. Which you know, if this guy gets like gets caught in here a little bit, can draw the full back up to obviously defend the last man, which means that if the blind winger isn't working hard over here to cover him, there's a big space down here. Okay. Um, so that's kind of one of the things that that they're probably looking to to capitalise on there if they can get that, that first bit well, or yeah. done well. Yeah, there, was actually, there was one example where maybe the opposite of, of doing it well, where they tried to maul up the right, moved, it, moved the play into the middle of the pitch, and, and they lost the gain line, and looked a bit confused, where do we go next? Uh, mm. They probably needed a kick, but they didn't actually kick that time. They, they tried to play again, and they got turned over. I think it was a three-point swing in the end, but winning that first phase is, is absolutely massive. Yeah. I think in the second half we saw, again we saw width, but they did it a little bit differently. We saw these little pods of maybe three mm. forwards, um, Using a, used as a kind of link, so they drop a pass back to one of the backs there, yeah. and then move it on. What's the thinking behind a little mini play like that? What are you hoping to achieve, and, and, and what picture are you painting for the opposition? I suppose what you're looking to achieve here is, so if this, so we say this is the third defender, will usually be on the first receiver here. Mm. What, what you're trying to get, and Bath are the team that do this really, really well, yeah. is they'll try and get this guy to hold this, this, this third defender who's usually on him, and they'll try and get this guy here to take a line slightly inside this fourth guy here. Now what happens is if this guy makes a good decision, you know, if this guy drifts out, you drop the ball into him here. If uh, if he doesn't, if he stays on him um, and, and goes short, what, what you, want, you want is the ball back uh, out the back to the 10, which puts this guy under a bit of pressure. And what he usually will do is he'll usually back off to try and buy this guy time to get back in the connect line and again. connect again. Okay. Yeah. So that's what you're trying to do there. And what usually happens is they have to go soft and you can get a lot of gain line out here. Yeah. Or if you make a mistake, if he, you know, if he makes mistakes and bites in, there's opportunities for guys to, you know, take holes there and, and make a break. Yeah, is it something that Ireland have been working <coughs> a lot on? Obviously, you can't go into specifics about training, but like, is it is it a shape that's always been there? Because we probably saw it just before the World Cup. There was examples of it. Yeah. Is, again, is it something that depends on the opposition and, and choosing that shape against them? Um, no, not really. I think it's something that every team works on all the time. If you look at them, a lot of the teams are trying to set up that shape. I think the Southern Hemisphere teams, especially New Zealand, are outstanding at it because I think. One of, the thing, one of the things that makes them so hard to defend in this situation is that all their ball handlers, all their forwards, your traditionally guys who probably aren't as good as the backs um, at ball handling, some of the guys will probably be a bit offended by that, <laughs> but probably traditionally not as good, all of them not as good handling-wise, the New Zealand guys are all brilliant. You know, guys like Brody Vitalik, and yeah. the, you know, he can get the ball from the 10 in the middle of the park here with a short runner here, and he can play a ball at the back there under massive pressure like a backwards, you know, so okay. uh, that's what makes that um, really hard to defend and, yeah. you know, helps get them gain line there all the time. Yeah. I think from my point of view, like Ireland, they're working on that shape and, and they're building it in a little bit and <clears> it's kind of intermittent, but I think they can certainly get a little bit better. I think there's examples in the England match where the ball is in this, go this, this kind of linking passer's hand, uh, hands <coughs> um, and this guy just outside him probably didn't really show enough animation or he didn't actually run okay. that line hard enough. Maybe he's just kind of at times just standing there and <laughs> it's not really a viable option. I think the next, next time they use those kind of shapes, just a, a stronger line from this guy, just mm. hands up. I know it's difficult for forwards when yeah. they've worked around the corner and they're, they're probably quite fatigued and they're just getting to their shape and they're happy enough there, but I think mm. it needs probably a little bit more of a kind of hard line and, and tying in that defence a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely what they're trying to do. I mean, it's interesting you say that. I mean, um, I suppose I was kind of, you know, you're always looking at kind of different things. That is a really important part of it, is to make sure that that line or the animation is really good there. Because what it does, a lot of guys will get worried about. So if we're saying this is the first, you know, this is the, t the defender on the first receiver and this guy is on the guy who you're saying the animation could be better on. If a lot of what a lot of guys will do is they end up taking the space here and they end up kind of drifting out once the ball is going to the back. What you need to do is actually keep 
following through on that line okay. and try and get this guy here. What happens is this, if this guy reads off early, he can read here too far. And what happens is it opens up an opportunity if this guy's made and giving this guy a slight bump yeah, for yeah. the 10 to maybe come on the inside shoulder here. Um, it's just little things like that it opens up if the, uh, if the lines are running are good there. Okay. How hard is this to do? Like we, we see it further out the field in Ireland. I think it was a lot of it was around the halfway line, mm. and they made big gains off it. But is it repeatable inside the 22, or is the defensive situation there completely different? And, and the fact that they're more stacked in the line maybe makes it harder to do. It can be. You see, I suppose uh, what I was saying earlier on is that oftentimes they're not as stacked in the 22, so there's actually a big opportunity there. The problem is it's big pressure there. Like I said, because you're close to your own line, okay. is that any mistake? Can you know leads to um, obviously points against you pretty much every time there. So um, it's execution under big pressure there, and I think yeah. it's something that you have to be really confident and really uh, you have to practice a little bit definitely. And, and, and it's one thing that Joe does make us practice an awful lot is handling under pressure situations. So the guys I think are, are, are pretty good at it, you know. So yeah. um, I think it's a great place to attack because, like I said, if you've got a, if you if you're strong on the air, like you know we've got some guys like Andrew Trimble, obviously he's fantastic in the air. Rob Carney, guys like that. So. Um, what they do, what opposition teams have to do is they end up having to drop not just one guy in here, but they end up dropping what England were doing. I think they were dropping Vunapola back, and they'll still have Mike Brown and probably the winger here on a half here. Yeah. So what it means is that they have four guys out of their line. They'll probably have two or three tied up on the rook, two two on the blind side, mm. which leaves them with sort of four, four, eight, and seven probably you know defending here. And you know there'll be four guys on probably five or six here. Yeah. So that's why it's a good place to attack if you can execute well. Yeah. <clears throat> How difficult? In your experience, in, in Ireland's experience, is it to go quite direct with England because Ireland maybe tried it, they tried it and they carried well and there was Ulton Delan's bus there and yeah, yeah. there were good examples but there were also times where England just shut them down. Are, yeah. are they particularly strong in that area? I think traditionally, I think England are always their big men, um, and they do. They're usually very organised defensively, mm. um, so it can be a really, really tricky place to attack. But it's also a very important place to try and get to because yeah. if you can get to the middle of the park, uh, what it does is it gives you. Op it, it makes defenders around the rook make decisions, and if they make bad decisions there, it opens up opportunities. And if you can get quick rook ball there and get you know a nice strong rook where you, you lengthen the rook so the rook is long. What it means is the guys, if say you, you so if we're coming from this way, yeah. right to the middle of the park, we get a big long rook here. If if there are short numbers here and the guys are trying to get around, they can't just come around shallow. They have to come around deep, and it takes them longer to get get back yeah. in the game. So that's what you're trying to achieve there. And I think um, a lot of teams are trying to get into that position. It's a really nice place to attack from because if you know if these guys make a bad decision here and they just what a lot of guys will do because forwards are you know really tired all the time. They're yeah. in there pushing <laughs> and shoving and wrestling. I don't know what, what they're doing, but. Um, they're usually pretty tired, you know. So, what what they can do is they end up just following the play sometimes, and what it means is they can open up a, ch a chance to attack back as well. So, I thought that was one thing that England did really, really well, and it's something that I suppose we'd probably look to do probably a little bit better. Is, you know, that ball into the middle of the park where there isn't, you, you know, you, you can't really go out the back because they're well set, but you have to get a gain line there. Yeah. And um, that's something that Ireland would probably look to do a little bit better. It probably happened <coughs> for the Anthony Watson try. They attacked up here off the scrum. They went far right. And they came back to the middle, and there was a there was a rook here. Yeah. I think Joe Marler cleaned out Conor Murray, and he was it, it a heart? Oh, was it hard? It was a uh, yeah. Was, sorry, yeah. it was one of them. Any one of the front rows. One of the front rows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. He had a great rook where he took out. Was it Mike Ross? Wasn't this? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was really really strong. That's you know a thing that uh, that a lot of teams are trying to do is trying to lengthen that rook and obviously shortens up the line. It means that you know a guy who's maybe trying to spread out ends up having to hold, and it holds all the guys outside. and means that you can't really get off the line. You've got to wait okay. to kind of connect with the guy on the inside who's obviously been taken out. So yeah. that's what they're looking to do there. Yeah. Yeah. Like there were, <clears> there were good chances for having this game again. They. It seems to have been a kind of repeated mantra after each game. Look, we had the chances to win this. Um, mm. Probably one of the, the, the biggest chance mm. that stands out is, is Robbie Henshaw in the right corner. Um, 
it was a lovely bit of play. It was mm. a loop off Nathan White, who's probably one of the most comfortable ball handling yeah, forwards. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, he's excellent there, right? Yeah. And Johnny goes through <coughs> and he feeds Robbie Henshaw. Like it's it's easy to obviously analyse these things from uh, from the comfort of your couch and, and mm. with re repeated replays. But as a finisher, what are you thinking in those in that in that kind of incident where you're coming down the right and there's a defender covering across from your left? What are your what are your options there? I guess. I suppose a lot of it probably depends on what you're good at, you know, and what you feel are your strengths. Okay. I mean, um, Robbie's a big guy, he's very quick. I'd say what, you know, he's probably going to back himself to go in the corners. Someone like me maybe isn't as big as Robbie um, and probably, you know, back my footwork in that situation, might have stopped, you know, trying to stop on a dime, almost let him go by here and step back inside him. Because he's moving um, so quickly. Well, just because, yeah, or else, you know, the last kind of ditch thing you can do there is maybe a lot, what a lot of guys would do is they'll just go for the corner. But if you can step into the guy, if you're close enough to reach, yeah. usually they're not expecting it. So if so you're coming across attacking me here, you know, and you're thinking he's going he's going for the corner here, and mm. at the last moment you can, you know, dip it, into dip him. into him. What it does, you can you can also you can catch him off guard. But even if he does tackle you, you know, you, your momentum doesn't bring you over because you've come slightly inside. Doesn't necessarily bring you over the touchline, yeah. which is another thing. It buys you like an, an extra yard to maybe finish in the corner again. So there's a couple of things you can do. I actually thought he was really unlucky because he was yeah. obviously right there. So um, he's a class player, obviously coming to coming to us next year, which is great in, in, in Leinster. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, he obviously would be disappointed with that, you know, player of his quality. But um, I think he actually did really well. And it was actually just great play from Noel as well. Yeah. Great tackle. Fantastic. They, yeah. they actually scrambled really well. They defended mm. really well, England. Uh, I think Joe said that Robbie's going to agonise over that, but maybe that's Joe pushing his feelings <laughs> on Robbie. He'll probably looking back on that incident a few times. Yeah. Um, like, Ireland's attack generally, Johnny Sexton kind of, he's so, such an important figure and England, mm. like every team go, goes at him, goes hard and yeah. hits him late off the ball, all these sorts of things, but it was brilliant to see him attack so well. He cut through their line, yeah. he passed really well, and obviously with all the stuff with Eddie Jones before the match, which is just for us maybe in the media, yeah. but Johnny really stood up and, sh and showed his class again, didn't he? I actually think he's, you know, maybe the, the first kind of five or six games with Leinster were obviously always going to be a little bit tricky. You know, you're trying to manage, uh, you know, a, a completely different set of players from what he's been with the last two years. Even though he's been in Ireland with with a lot of the guys, mm. uh, it's always really tricky in that position to try and manage a game plan and come into a new game plan to fit trade in seamlessly. And it's it's just as difficult for the guys outside him yeah. because he plays the game quite differently to say Jimmy Gopworth or or Neil Madigan who were, you know, in there as well. Yeah. So you have to try to you're kind to you're you're trying to adjust a little bit. To, to Johnny, he plays a little bit flatter to the line because he's really, really good at making decisions on the line there. He's probably the best I've seen there at that. And I think actually he's played brilliantly since then. Um, in my opinion, I know he got a lot of flack, but I'm playing pretty close to him and I think he's been outstanding. So uh, it's no surprise to me to see him, team, sorry, to see him do so well um, over in Twickenham. I think uh, obviously there was a lot of pressure on him. He would have been aware of that. Um, contrary to what he might say, I'd say yeah. he, he probably was aware of it. And he's the kind of guy who always rises to the occasion, uh, which is why he's so highly thought of amongst his peers. So. Yeah. Um, uh, I was actually doing a Q&A before the game and I thought he'd have a great game and I wasn't surprised he did. Yeah, L like Looking at him on the pitch and, and reflect back on the video, if you actually kind of player cam him, you see him, he's constantly obviously scanning, that's his, yeah. that's his role, but there's so much chat and there's so much awareness of opportunities. What's he like, say when you're playing 12 beside him, yeah. is, is it constantly in your ear, I see something here, let's go do yeah. this? Or well he's got great confidence in his handling which is uh, obviously really important as a 10 yeah. and he can do it on the run. Which makes him, you know, a lot of guys have to stand and deliver a lot of the passes he throws. He's got unbelievable ability to, to throw the ball on the run. So, what I noticed from playing with Johnny is that if you call for the ball, you're getting it. Even no matter how much pressure is on him, his hands are so good, he'll just get it to you every time. And so, it's something that you'll, you have to learn to get, to get used to because he'll get the ball every time you ask for it and because his hands are so good. So, yeah. and that's something that I think he does great. And um, yeah, it's probably one of his biggest strengths, I think. Okay. <coughs> he was strong defensively as well. And I want to talk mm. about Aaron's defence a bit. 
I think there were two or three examples in the first half where Johnny, I guess, rescued the situation or he was the last mm. man on the edge. He, he's very good at biting off. He's very good at deciding to get up and shoot up yeah. out of the line and actually make it stick. He, and he did mm. a few times. There was one time when the English attacked down the left. It was a multi-phase attack and he shot it down. But I guess the fact that he even had to rescue Ireland a little bit kind of pointed to England managing to stretch him a little bit. Do you think that was fair? Yeah, at times, I suppose. I think when you're in the 22, I think, it, you know, um, the number on your back sometimes doesn't really matter. Mm. I think um, I do. Th I do think they had a stretch. I think they, they, they had a lot of momentum at times, which uh, Ireland would probably look to stop at some of the stages. I thought Vunabola, you know, and, and some of the guys up the middle of the park got yeah. gain that the guys are probably were a little bit, you know, a little bit slower than off the line than they probably would have liked. And something that I heard Joe speaking about after the game that they thought maybe the line sweep was an area they could pr probably yeah. improve, and that's probably what you know if you give a team that are that big. Uh, momentum early, you know, it's hard to stop them then, so you need to try and get off the line and stop them there. I think okay. it's one thing, I know Johnny's defence has been, um, I suppose, uh, in the media a little bit, I've been talking about it a little bit, you know, obviously is, is maybe his style, but yeah. I think he's an outstanding defender. He's an awful lot of turnovers for us in Leinster and, and in Ireland as well. He's, he's fantastic. I'm not surprised he, he made a big impact in that area, and I think you know, it, it's one of the things that's really great about having him in your team is that you don't have to worry about that area. Yeah. You know, a lot of other teams you're saying like a George Ford or someone who's, not, who's actually a very good defender as well, but he's a small guy and he's a guy like say someone like Stu McCloskey, you'd say, well look, we should get a gain on him there every time. Uh, or even if Robbie was in 12, um, yeah. whoever it may be, we'd probably look to target him even though he actually is good there. But yeah. um, Johnny's a big man and he, he defends very well. So, and he makes good decisions, so I'm not surprised he rescued us on a few yeah. occasions. It's interesting <laughs> to mention that I actually thought Aaron could have probably gone at four a little bit more. Maybe in the first half, McCluskey probably didn't get a chance to carry off offset piece, but I think that was probably to do with the <laughs> game plan and, yeah, yeah. and the set attacks of that game. Like in Ireland's defensive system, which does at times lack, not maybe lack line speed, or, or it's more of a drift at, at times in, in the face play. Mm. Like how hard is that for the wing or the last man on the edge? Because we've seen even in the first match, Andrew Trimble making a try saving tackle, mm. or Keith Earls making a try saving tackle. You've been in those positions before. Is it a particularly difficult edge of a defence to defend? Yeah, it's, uh, well I think it's one of the toughest places to defend. I mean, I think you're probably marking the fastest guy on the pitch most of the time, either mm. the full back or the, or the winger, um, depending on the circumstance. And I think it's very important that you make good decisions there. I think um, it probably does depend on where you are on the pitch. I mean, you saw Andrew Trimble and Keith Earls make great tackles on the second last defender, and that was probably more around the 22, because yeah. you'll usually leave, most teams in the world anyway, and, and Ireland are probably one of them, is they'll leave the last guy to, to a full back. <clears throat> so, he's so what they do is, you'll have your, your, your blind winger here is really important yeah. in that situation because what it does is if they get the ball outside your your winger here and uh, to the to the second last guy and he bites in if the if, you know if your fullback's in a one-on-one yeah. -on tackle with the winger it's actually a really really difficult tackle but if he is you, your blind winger needs to be working really really hard back in here to cover for chips yeah. and even to cover back in if he steps inside so that's you know good blind wingers will be doing that something to look out for um, Outside, a little bit further on down the pitch, where you're, say, a little bit further up, maybe around this area here, um, I would say this is a really tricky area for um, your, you know, your, your blind wing to defend, and a lot of it will depend where your fullback is and where your blind winger is. Um, if your blind winger is involved over here, your fullback will usually be here, and you'll have to drop back here. Yeah. Now, what happens here usually is you're trying to buy your fullback as much time as possible if they're going wide to help you out. So what you'll try and do is you'll hold back here for as long as possible and usually what you'll wait for is the second pass. Okay. To then come up and connect. So what that's why you'll probably go soft here. The guy this guy here will wait for these guys here to, to throw passes and these guys here to connect with him mm. and buy you time to come up. 
and, and help them out. And that should buy you enough time to get your full back in here and your blind winger back to cover this. And then yeah. if you know you make the tackle here, your full back's here and your, your open wing's here and you're in a nice position to get set in the next phase. So that's kind of what you're trying to do there. Yeah. How much <clears> trust goes into that? Because I can imagine being in this situation where you recognise the second pass going and you're thinking, do I go or do I sit? Yeah. How important is it to have that kind of relationship or that combination with your... Well, it, it, it's what make you know. It, it's what makes the back three really, really important for the team because, you know, a good back three there will won't leave kicking options. You never leave the kicking option open. Yeah. Uh, you always leave that option open last. You know, uh, so you always want to cover that first because well, if, if he gets the ball here and you're up here, oh, that's it's, an, yeah, it's, it's it's the exact same result as if they got outside and you tackle them with a five meters yeah. out. It's exact, that's the way I always think of it anyway. So. You always want to make sure that that's covered. So what you do is you buy this guy time to cover that option, uh, or to cover the last defender as it, as it may be. Um, so that's kind of uh, what's really important from a back three standpoint. There is we're working really really hard off the ball. So it's all the unseen work. You know, like yeah. I mean, Rob would have huge um, huge meters running um, after every game because he's working really hard to connect with his wingers all the time. Any fullback will be so. Yeah. And that's just something to think about. It's, it's very important for the winger to be able to make good decisions there, you know. And what you'll try and do, like I said, is to wait for usually the second or third pass to try and connect, depending on how bad a situation you're in here. Yeah. <coughs> like looking at that England match and the two tries they did concede, um, like generally they are very good at that. And even the mm. Wales examples where it looks, I mean, obviously the Andrew Trimble one was a try saver, but there was other times yeah. where Earlsie made a big tackle. Yeah. And there yeah. was someone actually sweeping, or there was that cover mm. behind. But against England, those two tries. I guess those guys got sucked in a little bit because of that first phase win that England had. I think that was probably the key point in it is that, I mean, look, in a midfield scrum, you always want to, uh, you always have to manage. So you're never trying to make an offensive tackle there, and you're never trying to yeah. hit them behind the game. Line. So what you're trying to do is manage them, control that and compete really hard at the rook and slow it down there. So you want to buy your guys from the front five and your, and your back row time to get back in the line. Time to retreat back. Yeah, yeah time to, to retreat set, back yeah. in. So I think it was end up being maybe uh, Connor and someone else making the tackle in the first phase and they just got a good gain line there yeah. and um, they, got, they got quick ball. It was, kinda, it was one of those ones where guys kinda, they tackled them hard but ended up not being able to kinda compete in the rook because of the way the tackle fell. So it was just one of those unfortunate ones. Okay. And I think they, they ended up kinda around this, this, you know, this area of the pitch here and they ended up having to commit I think maybe one guy in the rook only because our guys kinda had fallen over the way the tackle went. And Ben Young's did brilliantly, I thought, to just get that ball out of there quickly, change yeah. the point of attack. And if you look, it looked like you know a, a lot of our guys in the front five, so our second rows, I think, and Dave's our back, back rowers just couldn't get back in time. It was too hard to get back involved. And then we ended up having to concede again on the on the second phase ground. Yeah. Um, so that was what made it kind of difficult there because once we're once we come to here, and I think it was Noel in the corner. It was a great tackle yeah. by Keith Earls, wasn't it? Um, so I think once they got in there. Uh, I still think we did great to get back in the game, and I think they kind of got lucky at the end of it because Ben Youngs actually wanted to throw a little pass off his hip, yeah. but ended up, it ended up going to ground, and it just left us with like left us high and dry because yeah. we covered the first two options, and they wouldn't have got in even if he'd made that pass. Um, but it went to ground, and it ended up kind of a fortuitous, fortuitous enough bounce into I think it was was it yeah, Rob Shaw did really well. Rob Shaw, lovely pass over the top. And Watson yeah. finishes off. Yeah, <clears throat> it was lucky, I guess, at the same time. Um, Ireland. Well, did. some lovely playing there yeah. as well. It wasn't yeah. just all yeah. luck. Now Ben Youngs' part, I thought was class. And Absolutely, yeah. 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 But I guess when you get into those situations and, and you're close in your line and maybe you're thinking, God, a try might actually be on here, mm. even for the Mike Brown one where they did spin the ball wide again. What's a, I guess what's a player's thought process when it comes to that breakdown or that rock? Are you, do you sometimes think, maybe I should kill the ball here, I need to get my hands on it, or, or are you just thinking about the defensive system? On my own personal opinion, I know in Ireland we're, we're really big on trying to be very disciplined. I think I would always look, look depending on the situation in the match, if it was the last mm. play in the game, you, know, you might do something cynical. Yeah. If not, if there's you know if there's ten minutes left in the match, 
if you leave us with 14 men on the pitch and they get a try and we're behind, we can do nothing with 14 men on the pitch. I would be more inclined to try and push them like as hard as possible into the corner to make the kick hard and concede the try. Okay. Uh, so you're trying, you know, trying to make that last kick. You know, so you get two points, two points back there. Yeah. That's I, I, and I'd be way, I'd be really, really against giving away a yellow card within, you know, even eight, seven, uh, seven, eight minutes left in the game, okay. uh, depending on the situation. Uh, you know, unless it was really, really last ditch. Yeah. Um, I'd be thinking of always keeping 15 guys in the pitch. I think it's yeah. too hard for for everyone else to to get a result or get get another score with 14 men on the pitch. Yeah, you're letting your team <coughs> even beyond a cynical action, maybe though. Yeah. How, how important is that ability to, to slow, maybe after that first phase, to have guys, to have mm. forwards, back rows, even centres or wings yeah. who can slow the ball? That, I mean, that, that gives the defence time to, to get their shape. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think you actually saw a bit of that in, uh, in I think it was, Watson, was it Watson's strike. Yeah. I mean, Keith Earls did a great job, so he tackled him, but kind of, it didn't, like, it was a pretty tough tackle, I think, but he yeah. got him down. And he ended up getting back involved in the rook and slowing it down over here, which actually was the reason why we were able to get back in the game here. And I know they got the, that's why I said it was kind of fortuitous in the yeah. end, because we actually got back in the line and stopped them getting that little ball off Ben Young, see if it went to ground and fell into Rob Shaw's hands, who threw a lovely pass over the top. Mm. But it did go to ground, so it's not exactly what they planned. And I think that was all because we had guys there competing really hard at that rook. Mm. The real thing that you have to try and, I suppose, decide there if you're going to compete is if you're leaving the line too short. As in, so what you want to hear in, in this part of this, anywhere, anywhere usually in your 22, every team in the world is trying to get off the line yeah. and put pressure on them and try not get them, let them get um, three passes. You know, if they get two, he should be getting tackled man and ball really, um, as long as you have the numbers to do it. Yeah. Um, and that's always what you're trying to do there. That was certainly <coughs> my impression. Yeah, I think Johnny shot, Johnny Sexton shot up. Stu McCloskey was just on his outside. He kind of came half. He, he didn't fully commit to it, but when you, when, when one, one player shoots, you kind of need everyone else to either side to buy in or. Well, in that part of the pitch, you probably need everyone just yeah. coming together. You know, yeah. I think it was, um, it was a pretty tough situation to be in. I mean, it was last ditch, you know. Um, but I'd say what they're trying to do there is you're always trying to not let the opposition get three passes. And okay. if you can put a lot, huge amount of pressure on, you know, the guy who's getting the so nine passes to 10, 10 to 12, yeah. if 12 should be getting that ball under really, really big pressure, unless he's way, way back. You know, really, really far back that he can't get to him. Which, in fairness, he did hold his death very well, so it was a very difficult uh, position to be in. Okay. Um, but, I mean, I suppose to go back to the earlier point, I think the real thing about slowing the ball down is it's the decision that the second guy, so the tackler and the second guy, he is a big decision to make about whether, you know, and he has to compete really, really hard and fight as long as he can yeah. to try and slow the ball down. And, you know, if he makes a bad decision there, you know, he could leave everyone in the lurch or doesn't fight hard enough, it's too quick for them to, to, yeah. to for, your, for your defence to recover. And you're down a body, mm. yeah, dead yeah. body in the line. Ireland soaked up a lot of pressure in the first half. They maybe brought it on themselves a little bit. I thought some of their exiting kicking probably wasn't as accurate as it has been. They kind of invited England back a little bit. There was a few errors in trying to run the ball out positively, ambitiously, but there mm. were a few errors. So they had to soak up a lot of that English pressure. Like the score at halftime was 6-3. It wasn't mm. a huge margin, but taking that amount of kind of attacking dominance against you, how mm. taxing is that on you? Both mentally, I guess, in terms of the momentum and, and in terms of the physicality. Yeah, I suppose we touched on earlier on, we were talking about, you know, uh, obviously when you're soaking up a lot of momentum from the opposition, uh, it's very important when you get a chance that you convert it, I suppose we talked about that earlier on. Mm. And um, I'd say, um, yeah, look, at times you're going to have to do that in the game. The opposition is going to get their purple patches, especially at international level. Um, every team has outstanding players and guys who are hard to stop getting momentum, so they're going to get opportunities. And I thought the guys did really, really well to, to hang in there, some great defence in the first half. But I'd say it probably did cost them in the end, maybe slightly, because you know, it's really, really hard to, I suppose, soak up all that pressure and to stay mentally in the game for, you know, 
that long. Um, and uh, it's one of the things that, you know, I suppose we probably, it's the one area you'd really miss a Sean O'Brien or whatever, you know, because he can yeah. maybe get a ball and get a game line for you. Or, you know, guys like uh, a Jack McGrath or a Keane Healy, you know, they're, they're great for that as well. They're the guys you want the ball there. And I think, um, you know, that's somewhere you'd really miss Sean, I think, because yeah. it, he allows you to get, to hang on to the ball or get a game line where, you know, maybe you wouldn't have, which is what I suppose Luna Polo does for, for England. You know, he just yeah. gets game lines where, you're saying, geez, like he really should, there was lots of guys there that shouldn't have got a, yeah. got a game line there. So, um, I thought that was probably part of it. I thought they had a couple of guys who, did, you know, who ran really, really hard and got them over the game line. And um, you know, I think we touched on earlier on as well about the defence. If it would maybe a little bit more line speed at times, maybe would have yeah. arrested some of the momentum and we would, maybe would have been able to get some back. So, that's something that obviously Joe talked about. And something that I'm sure they'll work pretty hard on for the next two games. Okay. You talk about getting yeah. that game line. One of the positives was the younger guys who played, and Ulton Dahan came off the bench. Yeah. Know, Unbelievable carry through Dylan Hartley and, and Dan Cole. How exciting is it to see new guys come in and I guess not a new back and shoot across? It depends if you're an old guy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> it's, it's great to see the guys doing so well and, yeah. and the bit I've, I've only met Stu a few times in camp, but he's a really nice guy and it was yeah. it, it was great to see him go go so well. Um, and obviously with Alton, who just come in, he's, he's a young guy, he's obviously one for the future from the looks of things. Yeah. Um, he, he was outstanding when he came on and, and Joe said obviously he was a uh, you know, he gave them a real lift from the bench, which is which is great. You know, so you'd, I'm sure he'll probably be involved for the for the next few. And then obviously Josh, uh, another yeah. one of the Leinster young lads uh, coming through. He's I think he was in the academy. I think uh, at the start of the year. So uh, yeah. fantastic to see him get his opportunity and uh, and to do so well. I mean, obviously very trying circumstances for a seven in a game where you're playing against an English pack, which is you know outstanding. A lot of big men as well. I thought he did really really well. So. Um, yeah, great to see the young guys do yeah. so well. Hopefully, you get mm -hmm. another few chances next week. Yeah. What, what do you think the big things that are need to get in the last two games in this championship? Is it a case of continuing doing what they're doing and just be a little bit more accurate, a little bit more clinical with it? I'd say that's probably what Joe will be saying. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, you know I've obviously been involved in a lot of teams with Joe, um, and I've huge faith in him. I think he's 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 an outstanding coach and uh, probably a bit ahead of the game. I know results haven't gone our way so far, but. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would say they'd be trying to do what they've been doing. I mean, uh, I don't think there's anything we've been doing wrong. I'd say, like he said, there's probably a couple of opportunities that we probably haven't taken in the first few games that are probably we probably let ourselves down a little bit there, and that's probably why we haven't been in the mix, I suppose. And uh, you know, against uh, against well, we were in the mix, I suppose, but yeah. that's probably why we didn't get the results against uh, France and England, and obviously didn't get to finish off Wales. So that's something they'll definitely look, look to work on. And I'd say they'll probably look to tr probably try and hold on to the ball a little bit longer, just so that they're not defending for, for yeah. such long periods. Even though uh, I think we're, we're well capable of doing that if we have. Has been some huge tackle counts. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll look, hopefully, lots more to look forward to in the championship. Thanks, man, for joining us and giving us cheers, the insight. Thanks for having me. Yeah, cheers. And thanks, everyone at home. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, and we'll be back before the Italy game.